0: Hello there, you're listening to Local Bops, a music podcast about artists, community, and craft. I'm your host, Connor Beckett. It's not uncommon to feel a sense of gloom in today's America. Beyond the wider environmental decay that's happening the world over, and increasingly in our own backyard, if last month's weather in NYC was any indicator, there are social and economic realities that loom ever-present in the background of day-to-day life. Yet amid all the gloom, we manage in our own small ways to create ephemeral moments of joy and that Sisyphusian effort is the central theme of Matthew Danger Littman's latest effort, Touchdown USA, a five-track EP about finding tiny moments of ecstasy, compassion, and erotic confusion amid the massive wave of history. I sat down with Mr. Danger Littman recently to talk about this effort, our mutual experiences of finding romance in the end times, his evolving relationship with the concept of intimacy, as well as his Kafka-esque desire to become a tarantula. As always, our guest was happy to perform a few tracks for us in the Local Bop studio, including two unreleased cuts from his next album. Take a listen.
1: I wish I was a spider With eight long hairy legs Cause when I look in the mirror I see two short legs instead to rosy teeth instead of fangs And to eyeballs in my head To ranch love
0: So my lead question, which I wrote a week ago, was how are you feeling after this past Saturday show with Razor Braids and Spud Cannon? Oh, yeah. uh, but that obviously didn't happen.
2: Oh, yeah. Can I swear on
0: this for a while? Yeah, you can All swear. Right, cool, yeah, cool. yeah. no, it's the, it's the, it's the internet radio. Baby. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> a
2: lawless zone. <laughs>
0: great, great opening right there. But obviously, that didn't happen. My my substitute question is, hypothetically, how do you think that gig would have gone down Were you up there playing as the hurricane rain and winds oh, just kind of whipped around you? I feel like that's a good look for somebody whose middle name is danger. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I
2: was I was ready for it. I kind of like I I anticipated some scenario where uh where the storm would be raging, it would maybe start raining and we would just kind of keep going like you know. I I also had this nice Casey Musgraves cover plan for all the Gen Z kids that were going to be in attendance, mm. uh,
0: Zoomers would have ate that up. Zoomers
2: man. would have eaten it up. I know, I ate that up. I, I was ready. I just was hoping there'd be some screaming, some yelling, uh, some electrocution. You know, big uh, yeah. electrocution these days. And uh, yeah, I was ready. I I was disappointed it got canceled. It made sense to me, but at the same time, uh, we were ready for an apocalyptic scenario.
0: Definitely, I would say that the. The best decision from an OSHA perspective uh <laughs> not that I, I don't think that I don't think any of the spud shows have been OSHA approved to yeah, be honest yeah. with you but um but you know nonetheless I respect the decision uh obviously I think everybody wished we could have gone there but definitely you know it's whatever I mean when this when this episode comes out that'll be weeks or like maybe months
2: in the, yeah. the rear
0: view so I think everyone will have gotten over it so
2: just know we we sold uh, upwards of a thousand tickets to that thing Yeah. Uh, Refunds are currently in processing for anyone who's listening now. Yeah. In 2022 or whenever Yeah, you
0: you can join in in a class action lawsuit (laughs) against Spud Cannon and Matthew Danger-Litman. Yeah. Yeah.
2: We were backlogged.
0: So let's talk about uh, your latest effort, Touchdown USA. So tell me a little bit about the creation process of this extended play. Sort of walk me through... Uh, working with Arden Yonkers and mm-hmm. Oliver Beardsley a.k.a. the Molson twins Do the best in the game yeah walk just sort of you know walk me through the timeline since your last EP Sadamania, which you know dropped in 2019 if I if, if I have that correct
2: for sure yeah uh, after Sadamania, I uh, I found Oliver who's an incredible jazz drummer he's a friend of a friend uh, we'd always talked about making some stuff and uh, I called him up to replace a drummer on a show uh, and within like two minutes I was like damn, this is some synchronicity right here. So mm-hmm. uh, after Satomania, of Mania, we, we went on a, two tours. One in April, we played the Canada and stuff. And then in December, we toured with this band from Chicago called The Curls that I like a lot. And mm-hmm. then we'd come back from that, and I wanted to record an album. Uh, so we had 12 songs we'd been playing on the tour. And we all holed up in Oliver's uh, house in Jersey City. And we just set up a bunch of mics, and we just played through all the songs. Uh, and then I had maybe eight of the songs or so I kind of felt needed a more hi-fi touch and also were maybe a little more pop-worthy. And then these songs that were a little more grungy, heavy, were the songs that kind of became Touchdown USA, where I was like, actually, the lo-fi sound in this in this uh, house really works for these songs. So that right, was yeah. Love, Suburban Girlfriend, um... Touched on USA and uh, freaking uh, you did me in, where it was like, you know, that that kind of grimy basement sound I thought really worked for him. Uh, and we had plans to record an album in April of 2020, and we booked the the studio and stuff, and we were with the producer, and we were going to record all the rest of the songs, and then for obvious reasons it got canceled. So then in, in in the midst of that, I was like, all right, well I got these songs that I think sound really good, and then uh, during like COVID time, I just kind of freaking you know, hold up and took some mushrooms and recorded all the vocals and all the, the piano and keyboard stuff and tried to make it sound like a little song suite. It's yeah. kind of my response to Nine Inch Nails is Broken, which has that kind of okay sweet yeah. sound, you know, S-U-I-T-E, mm. but it sounds sweet as well, you know. Uh, and then uh, then i was satisfied that we put it out.
0: Yeah, that actually tied into the secondary question I had, which was I felt that the coup de gras on this album was the mixing process, which nice. occurred nice. according to the liner notes on july 4th uh, last year i presume mm-hmm. you know during a mushroom trip in your apartments yeah i feel like that probably produced some like kind of unexpected final touches that you know maybe like i'd say like elements that you may not have predicted like during the recording process and mm-hmm. in, in terms of what we hear in the final the final product
2: definitely yeah um yeah just uh kind of like in lieu of any sort of live approach um, just going on to Logic and finding all the different um, kind of capabilities it had for manipulating sound. Like uh, that part in Suburban Girlfriend, uh, and we're just like, it was yeah. just like a, a pitch shifter. And I found if you played it back on reed and just kept bending it down and up, it created this real weird, uh, you know, pedally vocal effect. And just stuff like that where I was like, I listened back at once and I was like, all right, that's a song, you know, yeah. <laughs> just got real flippant with it
0: yeah no i i definitely that approach i don't know like it, it produces something interesting like something unexpected if mm-hmm. you will you know i think like you know at the risk of this podcast drifting too far into uh the ape man territory of another <laughs> podcast that's very popular amongst drug drug users oh uh, yeah, yeah i don't yeah. want to i don't want to say a name <laughs> Let, let's just call him road jogan yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you know um i will i will say that the uh the the, the row yeah the freaking row <laughs> freaking row the the covid uh shroom trip uh mm. hits ex- hit exponentially different i like you know i i engaged with it so good. someone else in this room engaged with it i'm not yeah. gonna say who we uh, don't name but, names but, around here. yeah we don't name names but uh but yeah like did you feel that it was uh like i don't know like uh, I, there there is something like i don't want to say magical there is something also terrifying about like doing uh psilocybic mushrooms uh-huh. like by yourself i would say like or like, yeah. or at least like when you're locked inside with with roommates or people for you sure live with. yeah
2: yeah yeah i mean uh Honestly, it was it was so fun because, you know, I mean, fucking not to sound too rope, but trippy ass time anyways. So. Yeah. And also, I think some of the elements of social anxiety are just, um, one, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. Two, how do I talk to these people? Three, what am I supposed to do tomorrow? And so to have a, a nice th- slab of time where it's like... Well, you're probably going to listen to the Bob Dylan song "Murder Most Foul" another couple times and dance with your roommates. I was like, "All right, this throws all the questioning out the window." You yeah,
0: know? perhaps do a little deep dive into like who really assassinated JFK. While oh at man, it.
2: Yeah. a lot of debates around the around yeah. the home.
0: I'm not I'm not even going to touch that t- that topic <laughs> because this e- this that will be the entire subject of this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah.
2: We can it. get Don Delillo to the next one and we can all <laughs> yeah, talk yeah. about it in yeah. the round we're table. A definitely
0: drifting into QAnon territory. Um, oh yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. let's pivot. That's the title. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Truly. You got your start as a solo artist on the road with acts like Foxygen and Shonen Knife Mm -hmm. performing as this sort of like outsider blend of noise improvisation and jazz standards. Mm -hmm. I feel like we can hear a little bit of that jazz influence slipping into your vocal delivery. But I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about why you made that a staple of your earlier performances circa Refresh to Death and Ill Eras and... From there, I was wondering if we could segue into the jazz standard you're going to perform for us in the local bop studio tonight. For
2: sure. Um, I guess it was it was kind of this weird time in my life, like 21. I kind of was I had like a deep crisis about what it means to have like a band that you bring around with you. So instead, mm-hmm. I was just kind of calling. Uh, kind of a random assortment of people up who I was like well you got some pedals you have a drum machine we make something funny happen you know uh, and I just like wore a and I had orange hair and I would just like do some like rapping and then I would do this Chet Baker song uh, which is great called Everything Happens to Me because mm-hmm. I had a friend who would come and play piano at most of the shows and uh, yeah I mean it, it always would work kind of well in terms of like some people would just straight up like boo or be laughing at me which was really fun you know A couple of those opening things, I'd just see, like, people, like, filming on their phones. And I'd go up to them afterwards and be like, hey, I'm glad you liked it. And they were just like, yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, nice. They hated it. That's cool, too, you know. And I I, it was also kind of like, uh, you know, it was a nice uh, epiphany where I was like, you can fucking go up and do anything on stage. Right. Technically, like, I can do some jazz sounds, do some noise, and I will have done the 30 minutes, you know. Uh, And I think from there, I probably got... um, that feeling of freedom to just try out anything and know that there's someone that'll be paying attention. Um, but then once I started kind of liking my own music again and liking the songs and kind of pushing myself a little harder, I was like, okay, well I'll try to apply that to actually fucking singing some songs I'd want to hear, you know?
0: Right. I guess, which leads us to the song that we're about to hear.
2: Yeah. This is, a uh, an old, uh, standard, Kind of jazz pop song called uh, I Could Have Told You So uh, Which was popularized by Frank Sinatra Bob Dylan does a great version uh, And this was just a song that I was always really into Listening to a lot of versions of And then I came up with my own arrangement of it
0: Beautiful Well with that said Matthew Danger Lippman performing I Could Have Told You So As made famous by Frank Sinatra Right here, right now In the local Bop studio Check it out I
1: could have told you She'd hurt you she'd love you for a while and desert you if only you'd asked i could have told you so i could have saved you some crying yes i
0: with Matthew Danger Littman, AKA MDL. That was yeah. his performance of I Could Have Told You So by Frank Sinatra. Uh, I guess before we pivot towards the next section, MDL, I have a small game that I'd like to play in <laughs> this pod. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I fear that every time I say I like I'd like to play a game with you, uh, I I'm venturing into jigsaw. jigsaw yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'm yeah. really I'm really doing my
2: best. To, That's uh, half the fun.
0: That is half the fun. Yeah. You so scared. So, so we have a bandsaw in the studio right. Yeah. Now. Uh, yeah. No. So I'd like. So no. I would like to go deep. I I'd like to go deep into my guests' past history, mm-hmm. and I return to your last band, Brimstone Blondes. Oh shit. Uh, 2014 effort, Age of Consent. Oh nice. Specifically, the first track, Photographer Blues. And then in parentheses, <laughs> fuck Guns N' Roses. Um, as an aside, before we start, do you stand by your statements? Fuck Guns N' Roses. Seven years later,
2: you know, what? I actually kind of don't. I actually the biggest thing there is that uh, my guitar player in that band, Jacob Cohen, there's a moment where he goes like, yeah. "Like," and I was like, "That's fucking sweet, child of mine." <laughs> yeah. So I had to get uh, ahead of the game and be like, "Fuck Guns N' Roses." But Good. great. Uh,
0: well, the name of this, the name of this game is "Fuck This Band." Uh, oh. Or, we're, we're going to go through the pantheon of old dad bands. Oh, you're waking me up. In the same vein as G&R, and you're either going to agree or disagree with my statement when I say fuck, fuck this, this band. band. Yeah, pretty simple, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's only five bands, so it'll go quick, but I would love it if you could elucidate on your answer and Got your it. responses. Okay, so first one. Fuck AC/DC.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll say fuck ACDC. My yeah. my roommates love ACDC, and they're, they're always... Uh, my roommate Scout wants to play... Um, Big balls. There's she got big balls, I think, and also big balls. I can't yeah. remember which one she wants to play at her the funeral. Fact that
0: the, the fact that there's any sort of you have to make a differentiation <laughs> yeah. when referring to the ACDC like discography. It's like, oh yeah, big balls. They're like, wait, yeah. hold up a sec.
2: She's she, got big yeah. She, balls. Oh okay, yeah. Uh, or no, she's got balls. Yeah, and then big balls. I mean, you know, it's cute, it's fun, but one song uh, about balls is too many. One, in yeah, one two songs about balls is just like think with your head a little bit. Make me yeah. cry, you know. All right. <laughs> number
0: number two, fuck jo- fuck John Bon Jovi. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that's easy. Yeah, I mean that's... I, I like this. Uh, there's that story right where he had a restaurant where you could go in and you could do the dishes for an hour instead of paying for the meal. That's kind of cute. I had
0: no fucking clue. About oh, this.
2: actually, also interestingly enough, uh, I'm gonna make this really brief, but uh, John Bon Jovi was trying to buy the Buffalo Bills, where I'm from, and there was this big thing where there was a rumor that john bon jovi was going to sell the bills to toronto or move the bills to toronto Mm. uh but it turns out and then there was this big thing where in buffalo people were burning john bon jovi or bon jovi albums turns out that was a rumor created by donald trump because he was trying to buy the buffalo bills but the the general buffalo distrust of bon jovi i think is it lingers in me even after i find out the the truth
0: that is next level subterfuge that's like yeah yeah. That's like Roger Stone levels of rat. Fucking yeah, right yeah, there.
2: yeah, uh, and it worked. Yeah, you know, apparently. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, number three. Fuck Rush.
2: Oh man, yeah. I uh, mean, funny, funny shit. You know, yeah. Uh, completely lost on me though. I mean, I'll, I'll fuck with some yes. I'll fuck with some King Crimson, but Rush is always the point where I'm like, can you just play in four four for a sec? Yeah. Give me someone
0: to groove to. There's the, the you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know? Yeah,
2: yeah, and the, the albums are about. Uh, what, some like alien baby who's given a guitar and runs to Mars backwards? You know, it's fucking a little much. It's,
0: it's, it is too much. And it's, it's like too the only, much. it's the only thing that can come out of like an 80s cocaine fever dream, I feel. Totally, you know? totally. Yeah. All right. This next one, I feel like will be a, the next two, I think are a little bit more nuanced and perhaps points of contention. Right. So, number four, fuck Iggy Pop.
2: What? Yeah. See, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, uh, I don't even want to, say this, I'm just glad that that no one ever bothered to look too deep into Iggy Pop, because I would like him to live a dignified life as a media darling until he dies. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for for enjoyment, will just watch, like, I'll just search up Iggy Pop 1993 and watch some, like, 20-minute interview. I watched you know, one last week where he's just kind of walking around Alphabet City, and he's just so fucking cute, you know? Yeah. He's, uh, I don't know. He's, he's cool. I, I like that he marries that obviously his hedonistic proto-punk sensibility to this weird um you know he like worked with well and uh he's always kind of quoting some sort of philosophy and doing some weird shit i'll even listen to like the late 90s iggy albums where he's doing like jazz and stuff and Mm. i'll I'll get behind that also shouts out to a guy who paved the paved the way for singers who can't sing which is cool yeah (laughs) so i I'll I'll protect him with my with my human body. Fair enough, yeah. Um, and last one, uh, fuck Boston. <laughs> I mean, more than feeling is actually kind of a hot song. Yeah. But, uh, when when else do they love and touch and squeezing?
0: Yeah, as well as. Um... shit i hope my dad doesn't listen to this episode because he got me into boston yeah uh yeah (laughs) quintessential dad band right there
2: actually i don't know if my dad even likes boston he probably doesn't
0: yeah all right well that's the end of the game um i actually did have a bonus bonus round question for me me, yeah fuck the police yeah fuck the police
2: yeah i mean i they're one of those this whole this whole
0: game was a setup for that very bad punchline yeah 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 yeah.
2: (laughs) fuck the police I, uh, that's actually, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go off, but you notice how when you were a kid and you were like 11, there was some albums that were so canon where it's like you need to listen to synchronicity one and two. Yeah. And now who's rapping the police in any sort of way I yeah, feel like no, that's that was a, an act of cultural erasure that we're all probably pretty comfortable with
0: yeah no I'm like I'm i am alright with like I've I've never liked the police but yeah. that's, that's neither here nor there
2: yeah we're a generation that doesn't trust the police <laughs> yeah in whatever form the police <laughs> manifest you know right, we're right, just right. like
0: fuck those guys I know? actually
2: was thinking about calling an album Regatta de Blanc though I oh, think that would really? be really funny yeah you know cause it's white reggae it's like the first in the name of their first album and yeah I was just thinking about putting out like a folk album called Regatta de Blanc and just using that, but just
0: like seeing where it goes you
2: know just seeing where it goes
0: i mean you already used age of consent so like you know yeah. why not you know
2: yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah. I, I gotta and i gotta play name for the next album too nice talk about that later
0: so thank you mdl for playing that game great game uh, thank you um add in so,
2: add in like some cheers and some uh a little, da, 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 little bit know.
0: of uh can we get some audience applause in here from uh from the end inf- <laughs> there we go um We're so, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll put it in post, yeah. It'll be like uh, Father John Misty uh, with uh, a yeah, board in the U.S. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I feel like there's a through line. Okay. We <laughs> Good thing pa- you didn't ask me fuck
2: him or not. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no.
0: <laughs> We're not. Okay, let's not. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, if, I feel like there's So I feel like there's a through line between that Sinatra song uh, and what we hear on Touchdown USA as Mm -hmm. it relates to the ways in which romance and intimacy manifest in Mm -hmm. unlikely places. You know, Loved nostalgically recalls the sheen of young romance. Mm -hmm. Uh, The title track parses fears of Mm commitments and labels. And there's this sort of sonic overlay that gives um, all these tracks kind of this anxious tint. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if we could delve a little bit into why you wanted to record this record about... And I'm quoting here, ecstasy, compassion, and erotic confusion in the context of everything that's that's happened in this past year, or if not record, at least release this record.
2: For sure. I mean, um, I guess I, you know, I mean, not to sound too fucking funny, but I, I love like uh, postmodern literature and stuff. And I think a lot of that was a big influence on me, like uh, Don DeLillo and Thomas Pynchon and fucking David Foster Wallace and all them, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, stuff that these narratives that kind of place uh, a minor human fascination or tragedy within these giant interworking systems, you know? Um, and I feel like so many friends and people I talk to have this general outlook or this kind of uh go-to thing where they're always going to be like, Oh, well, you know, I mean, that's just my problem. That's just whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. Don't, whatever it's, I mean, with all the things going on in the world, why would I talk about my thing, you know? And uh, I kind of, I feel like that's where a lot of people's anxiety comes from, is that you have these feelings that are very potent in you that are the subject of love songs and great novels, but we are so constantly inundated with news that the the go-to thing is like to disregard it, because you're supposed to be in the world and, and conscious and conscientious, which I obviously think you should be, but in terms of romantic feelings and love songs you know it, it hits when it's as specific and it's as minor and petty as possible uh and i think it's my my uh general stance with everything to be kind of irreverent and kind of goofy so those songs come out kind of silly and a lot of the noise is layers of just abstraction where it's like well this is just my life but at the same time you know i'm trying to give it some real romance yeah. that's why i love songs like those old standards is they're so fucking well written, you know. They really get to the heart of some amazing romance, and that's it. That speaks to things better than anything can.
0: Yeah. So do you feel like there's like that sonic layer, like this cacophony, if you will, like kind of I don't, like I don't want to call it a defense mechanism, but it, mm-hmm. like it provides like a degree of protection, if you will, like in like as it relates to the final product between what you're saying and like what the listener is enjoying. Like you know, there, there's 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 that distance. There's kind of a wall like going up between yourself and and what you're saying and and what the listener is is you know, consuming if you mm-hmm. will.
2: Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And it's just, um, yeah. I mean, I, I also love a little bit of a challenge. Uh, I also think particularly when I was making this record, I felt like so inundated by the Spotify maxim of like this bedroom pop. That's all just some, um, some presets and some like good vibes thing. And everyone talks about like good vibes playlist, you know? And I think I was a little bit like, fuck you. I'll make the bad vibes playlist, you know? So I, I, I tried to to throw in some industrial sounds and some weird delay and stuff to freak everyone out, just to kind of be like, keep them keep them on their toes, you know? Yeah, for sure. Which is also, I mean, not to get on a rant, but it's like, uh, you know, if you look at like the '90s era, like post uh, Nirvana, like you have Ween and fucking Butthole Surfers on major labels, like that shit's getting played on MTV. Like early Back is a huge influence too where a song can just have eight seconds of fucking noise. And that shit was so cool to me. And I, I feel like a lot of people that are not, or that are casual music listeners, that kind of thing is so foreign to them. they are like, whoa, that sounds weird. Yeah. I just kind of want to give people a little bit of that feeling of like, yeah, you can do that in the song, you know?
0: Yeah there 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 can be that sonic jolt if you will like in the middle of something that is mellifluous and it yeah. can and and those those elements can congeal into making something that is still beautiful like yeah you know. for sure
2: yeah and that you want to listen to a few times you know
0: yeah. yeah I think moreover I kind of want to touch on like the title of this record you know touchdown USA mm-hmm. because there is a very strong American slant to the lyrics like and I was just wondering if like what made you want to contextualize many of these tracks in this like particular setting obviously you know We're both U.S. based, but I feel like putting that emphasis specifically on suburban America throughout a lot of these tracks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, endows them with this kind of hazy quality, um, which I feel like might be kind of endemic to your upbringing. But I was just I was just wondering why it came out so strongly in this collection of tracks that we hear.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I guess I think uh, one of the things I like to do in terms of part of this is probably just like a total reaction to. Instagram slash fucking Spotify or whatever, like, insert here. um, I like the idea of whatever character I'm playing, you know, which I'm not exactly playing a character, but I I do have default stances that Mm -hmm. I'm being a little bit fucking cheeky about, but...
0: I mean, we all have personas, so, like, you know.
2: For sure, yeah. Um, Where it's like, I like the idea, and which is why I also did those videos with the Joe Biden impersonator when I was making it, is I, I like this idea that I have so little idea what is cool or what people, everyone else is dealing with responding to. And I'm like, let's see, what do people like? They like the USA, they like rock and roll, and they like Joe Biden, the president of the United States. So I'm going to give them what they want. You know, it's like, it's kind of like a fucking, uh, it's like an idiot sellout move, you know, where instead yeah. it's just so ridiculously anachronistic that I'm kind of hoping that anyone that even to listening cons to it it's like all right well that can't be all that it is you know there has to be something something in there you have um, ma-
0: you have made yourself into an outsider
2: artist in some way yeah for yeah. sure yeah yeah, yeah. just because it's so boring to fucking try to try to do all the things you know the press releases every picture and the whatever you know yeah well uh, I, I,
0: what's definitely not boring is the the album artwork i would say like you know specifically like yeah. what we see on Bandcamp, yeah, which is cre- created by natalie uh ruiz uh heinzen yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which features i imagine the. Like, A cartoon version of yourself, uh, Mm -hmm. Poised with Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Mickey and Minnie Mouse, yeah, yeah. yeah. In in a (laughs) grotesque rendering. Yeah. Which I I guess, like, ties into what you were talking about right there. Like, what's popular these days? Well, obviously, Disney's Right, right, right. I'm
2: like, well, everyone loves Mickey and Minnie Mouse and the USA, so we'll throw them all together. That was a bummer because I love that artwork. This is uh, my friend Nat, who I met on this uh, this movie that I was in last year, and we just really got along, and she does incredible fucking art, Uh, and when I came up with the title, I was like it was just an instant one too, where I was like, it's called Touchdown USA and the artwork is going to be me with Mickey and Minnie Mouse. That's so easy. Like, yeah. boom. And I called her and I got her to do it and then a week later she sent back that art and I was like, we have it all done. And then uh, when I submitted it to uh, to Spotify, it went through and then like a week before it was supposed to come out, I got a cease and desist email that uh, it was not allowed to go out because of copyright infringement from Disney. Who, I mean, who knows what the fuck automatic sensors they even have on this thing where uh, where they would even notice it. But... Uh, so then I just had to do the, the Spotify, the censored version, you know, like the beggar's banquet cover where mm-hmm. uh, it's just the title, but I love that artwork. So I'm, you know, uh, that's why I want to look at it on the Bandcamp is that you can see that, uh, the detail.
0: Yeah. I guess that kind of feeds into the mythos of Matthew Danger Littman if you will. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, too, yeah. too dangerous for the Disney corporation. <laughs> right, right, right. I too... was,
2: I was tickled by the idea of a band cover, you know, but yeah,
0: <laughs> well, with all that said, we're going to start looking towards the future, specifically your next record, a song from which we're about to hear you perform in the studio. So, tell me about this track and which you've styled as a bit of a travelogue, um, and also kind of a dream sequence. You know, what sort For of sure? Yeah, what sort of preface would you give the listeners before we uh, before we bend our ears and give this a spin?
2: Yeah, I, I recorded this uh, this new record. Um... I did it with uh, the engineers with my friends, uh, Katie Ray and Andrew Foreman, who's in a great group, uh, Good Fight, and they got some studio space, and uh, they invited us through. I had this collection of songs that are different from that album I wanted to record, which I hope we record next. You know, I'm, I'm a little backed up, but so this was all, like, pandemic-era stuff where I was, I was like, no band will ever play this. I won't ever play it live, and then I hung out with some friends, Arden Yonkers and Dan Keegan, who's in a great band, Wild Pink, and Oliver, who's in uh in my band and we were playing them when i when i was back home in buffalo and they were all just like let's record this as an album and i was like all right fine uh and i i think it's really hot and this song and here is kind of also based off that whole mushroom time where i was uh mixing touchdown usa where i was going to the beach a lot with my roommates and we weren't seeing too many other people and i was kind of writing these more indulgent folky songs and and is uh you know, every line in the song starts with and, and you don't have to go and you don't have to stay, and I went to the beach, blah, 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 and it combines uh, some of my fears and some of my greatest uh, experiences of the past couple of years, and it's just an anthem for the times, you know? Yeah. I guess,
0: how would you differentiate, like, I, what we're about to hear from a studio version? Like, does he, like, you know, when you performed it, I immediately remarked on the fact that it did have a Dylan-esque quality to it, but I imagine, you know, the studio performance has a little bit more of that classic Danger Litman glam strings sure. to it. you know. It's you
2: also, uh, this album is the first thing I've fucking recorded in a studio since I was like 13, like when my high school band Brimstone Blondes won a uh, a battle of the bands and got to go in for a day. So th- it, it's, it's a little more hi-fi and a little less noisy, but I think the album version, when it comes out, it's kind of like my R.E.M. song, you know? It's real, just like, or actually uh, Dan uh keegan calls it my counting crow song which i resent but i know where he's coming from it's it's very like uh you know party rock and roll anthem alternative rock folky anthem yeah. and then this one obviously is a little more of a hazy travelogue type of thing
0: well with all that said let's give a listen to matthew danger Lippman's ode to the counting crows <laughs> performing and in the local bop studio check it out <coughs>
1: That dream last night, where I pissed on the third rail, and I tried to clean up the piss trail, and shot into my dick hole and electrified me, and I walked around glowing, and I fried everything that I touched, and I ran into my third grade teacher and she said, You better watch where you piss. Watch me now and you don't have to go and you don't have to stay And you don't have to know why it never goes away. You don't have to. I went to the beach. We bogged in the water And I thought the phrase eternal reoccurrence. I didn't know, no, 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 what it meant Scout took off a bathing suit And I took off mine too And I dropped it in the water And it floated to the bottom And I didn't see where it went And you don't have to go Conditions are brutal. Obviously, we didn't know where we were going, and who cares? And nobody cared. And then we made it there. And died and was reborn. And I died and was reborn again, and again and again. I hope I'm a fish next time. I've had enough conversations for twenty lives you don't have to go you don't have to go and you don't have to stay you don't have to stay and you don't have to know nobody knows why it never goes away you don't have to you don't have to know and you don't have to stay you don't have to stay and you don't have to know it never goes away, not ever, 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 ever.
0: That was Matthew Danger-Lipman with And right here in the local Bop studio. So now that we've listened to one of the tracks from your forthcoming record, I guess it's time that we dive into what we can expect uh, from you in the near future. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about this album at length, you know, in terms of its thematic contents and some of, uh, you already touched on this, the featured players. And I'm just kind of curious about what we can expect in general from this next effort.
2: For sure. It's, um... It's pretty, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I, I think it has a lot of hooks. It's got some of my best lyrics. It's more acoustic focus. This acoustic that I've been playing this whole set is uh, just kind of wrote the whole fucking thing for me. Like, I, I'd never really recorded with like a, a nylon string guitar before, and then a lot of these songs came out of it. Um, there is a nine minute closer that's like a real, like, kraut rock garage song. Um there's a song called The Craft that's like seven and a half minutes and is like my animal collective type of thing. But there's also some uh and this song so I'm gonna play later and uh <laughs> shouts out Anco. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. I, I am immediately as soon as uh, as soon as uh, Animal Collective is mentioned in any capacity in the studio, I I make eye co- I make long yeah, eye yeah, contact yeah, yeah, with yeah, my, yeah. my beautiful producer, Billy <laughs> I Bilko. Know, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's a who's a big uh, I think you have the entirety of uh, of uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion tattooed as a huge back <laughs> tattoo. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is weird because uh, when I look at it, when I get pretty drunk, it, it does sort of emulate. Oh, yeah. Idea. It's got
2: the it's got the wave. We've and compl- it's in gothic font. Yeah, yeah.
0: We've completely derailed what you were saying, but please. No, it's good. It's good. Yeah.
2: Uh, love me Some Anko. Uh it's, I'd say to to do the uh the elevator pitch, I think it's some like real uh major key, fun, Jonathan Richmond-y, like folk with some very direct lyrics for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then also like any albums I love, it has some detours and some things that kind of take up a little more time and get a little more weird before you get back to all the all the hard partying pop stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think it's a good mix. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm, we're mixing it out. Yeah, and it is entitled? It's entitled Hallelujah. Right, yeah.
0: I, I think it's an interesting title, like for a record in general, I immediately... Obviously, there's so many dimensions to the word hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it can be said in the, any number of sardonic contexts. Yeah, but yeah, hallelujah. I, uh, <laughs> I was wondering if there was... Um, uh, kind of a, like an ex- ecstatic co- uh component to what you're making like you know I'd say like music that is a little bit more joyful at least that's kind of the, the sense that I'm getting from the descriptors that you just outlined to me in terms of what it sounds like
2: for sure I mean I, I was writing down like 20 titles like for the thing and going through them and then I was listening back to the rough mixes when we recorded it and I was thinking like man this has got some real like major key like folk gospel type of things you call it hallelujah and then there was that two seconds and then I was like oh, yeah, that's the most fucking famous folk goddamn song of all time by Leonard Cohen, who I also love, but I hadn't even thought about that song too much. And then I was like, wait, but the the irony there and the paradox of those two things, that's the perfect title then, you know? I mean, it's kind of, I guess, like, Replacements calling their album Let It Be or something. It's yeah. like, I'm aware of the uh, the, you know the claim on that title but i'm also like well this is my hallelujah you know this is this is a collection of nine songs about working through yourself and working through any of those youthful anxieties and hates and coming out with some real uh real groovy positivity you know yeah
0: well i, I think if we've learned anything from this this past uh half hour and change uh, interviewing you it's that it wouldn't be an mdl track if it weren't coded in at least two or <laughs> three heavy coats of irony. for sure you know? yeah. I, yeah i
2: think too much my mantra now is don't think don't this think but still, I brain mean... Brain empty, no thoughts. Yeah, brain empty, no thoughts. Yeah. You know, just like, if you feel the thought, just just push it away as best you can, you know? But in terms of something like this, I'm like, hallelujah, as one, a, uh, a genuine thank you to myself and the powers that be that I got this thing that makes me happy and is all of these kind of mantras for the self, perfect. Two, as like, kind of like a fucking troll to Leonard Cohen, awesome, you know? Yeah.
0: Things can be two things, I would say. For sure. Yeah. MDL, thank you so much for coming on Local Bops. If you've nice. liked what you've heard, you can listen to more of his music at matthewdangerlipman.bandcamp.com. That's Lipman with two Ps, and follow him on Instagram also at matthewdangerlipman. Uh, Matthew, do you have any parting words before we wrap up this episode, as well as sort of, you know, any additional preface you might have for this last track we're going to listen to entitled Tarantula?
2: I'll say thank you to the Local Bops team for uh, getting me nice and drunk here. This has been really great. <laughs> um, Once again, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a, a, a party den up in here. Uh, no, I no, not but they, they had some... You can thank our nice intern, t- Michael, for that again. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. They had some nice tequila and some nice Heinekens. And uh, For this next song, this is like a, uh, a samba folk track that I wrote um, as kind of a a, a rethinking of any sort of, uh, you know, body dysmorphia or anxiety that I've had or people have had where the narrator in this song, uh, who's pretty close to me, is, is just being like, I wish I was a fucking spider, you know? I wish I had eight long hairy legs, you know? Cause when I look in the mirror, I see two short legs instead and two rows of teeth instead of fangs and two eyeballs in my head. And uh, just, you know, imagining myself as a tarantula and it's called Tarantula.
1: I could swear I felt the feeling in my soul, but the minute that I felt the feeling, I lost control, so my doctor says next time I feel the feeling, to let her know, I wish I was a spider, with eight long hairy legs, because when I look in the mirror, I see two short legs instead, and two of teeth instead of fangs, and two eyeballs in my head, tarantula, tarantula, tarantula. on the freeway of crawling down the road scaring everyone in traffic like some sci-fi episode till the CIA cop to shoot me down and I explode tarantula tarantula tarantula
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Local Bops. This podcast was recorded in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and produced by my friend and animal collective evangelist Billy Coglin, a.k.a. Bilco. If you enjoyed Matthew Danger-Lipman's performance, you can find all of his music at MatthewDangerLipman.Bandcamp.com. Be sure to also follow him on Instagram as well, at MatthewDangerLipman. You can find all episodes of the Local Bops podcast at LocalBops.com, as well as on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can hear the Local Bops Radio Hour every other Tuesday on KPIS.FM. Thanks for tuning in. Take care, and Godspeed.